0: great big beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great big beautiful
1: tomorrow Hello and welcome back to Of Mice and Main Street Men. Sean, how you doing, sir?
2: I am, I am just having the best time, honestly. I am too.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, we're back here with Mr. Matt Vogel. Matt, how are you, sir?
0: I'm doing great, Tristan. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. I just have to say thanks so much for chatting with us because this has been such a great conversation and I'm so excited for the second half. Um, You're just fascinating, dude. So I really appreciate you making the time.
0: Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. I'm sorry that I, I, you know, I'm I'm trying to infuse it with as much Disney magic. as i can but you know it's tough when you're talking about you know uh, hey stuff.
2: the muppets are a very very important part of the disneyverse these you're days you're
0: right and i think that now when we're talking about this stuff we'll definitely be able to dig deeply into that
2: oh i well, think it's been so
0: fascinating so
2: um, and and you would sort of you you've sort of alluded to what it's like to you yeah. know the audition process and and i know you you've got you know infinitely more information about what it's like to to manipulate and to, to puppeteer and, and all of that stuff. And since we haven't talked about me enough on this episode. <laughs> right. Let's, <laughs> we should do that for sure. Should talk more about me. Um, No, but I, when I was in New York briefly and they were auditioning actors for, for a uh, uh, spoiler alert, I did not get as far at the Henson company as Matt has, um, but I did. I, and I called you at the time and was like, is there, have you got any pearls of wisdom for me? And you I were had very none. <laughs> You had none. But, I, you know, it was a time to chat. We got, <laughs> um, right. but uh, I do remember, I do remember walking into that headquarters in New York, which is just a very, un, it was a very unassuming brownstone facade at the time. And you go in and to me, even, even, even back then before the Muppets were a part of the Disney verse, you know, I had still like Matt grown up with the Muppet show and I loved the Muppets and you walk in and there's just this beautifully painted. Is it circular? It's kind of this circular place.
0: Yeah. Are you you talking about the, the, there's two places up on the Upper East side. There was the mansion, which is, I think it's, I think it was the mansion. It's the thing with Jim Jim Henson's. Picture, or is it that, or is it something? It else?
2: seemed like there were like characters painted on the walls, and like Statler and Waldorf, and maybe yeah. I've just in, maybe I've invented that. No, I mean I, I think that that
0: is part of what the mansion had in in the
2: entry. Here. But I went, you know, I went, and actually we have another close friend who, uh, I think, works. I, well, she worked the front desk for a while. Emily Bodkin Scaglione, um, who was a receptionist there, and still is, and and. All and talks about how great it is to work for Henson. But I went in and I passed the ping-pong ball on your on your hand test, right? Where you have to like speak and make sure that the syllables are matching your hand. I passed right. that one. But man, when it came to the flipped image mirror thing, yeah, I that that was where I got sent home. But so talk about the history of that and is that still. Yeah you know, and, and just just fill us in on what it's like to be a Muppeteer. Okay, strap in.
0: So, <laughs> so back in the 50s, Jim Henson had a television show in Washington, DC. And this is my memory of this, not I didn't live then, but this is my memory of how this came about. Uh, Jim wanted to be able to see the performance, see what the audience was seeing. So he, first of all, he used the camera frame as the puppet stage. So the bottom of the frame is the puppet stage rather than having, you know, a playboard in a puppet stage that then the camera shoots. You kind of get rid of that middleman and now the camera frame is the playboard, essentially, is is the puppet stage. And so he wanted to look at that. He would have a monitor in front of him and uh this is what this is the same way that we do this to the to this day uh it's maybe a little bit more high tech there are we have hd of course there are wireless monitors and all sorts of other fancy gadgets that we have nowadays but the basic premise is the same as when jim henson started and so to be a muppet performer you're right sean you know it's when you're auditioning or when we're doing a workshop with new people or with uh, Martin P. Robinson, who I mentioned uh, in the previous episode, we, uh, I'm the puppet captain on Sesame Street. He is the assistant puppet captain. Mar- Marty has trained hundreds of puppeteers all over the globe because Sesame Street is an international, uh, I mean, there are, there are versions of Sesame Street in Australia and in India and in Russia, and they're all over the place, right? So Marty has trained a good number of those puppeteers because there really aren't not that kind of puppetry in these places. And there is a method in which we teach uh, this puppetry. And part of that is, yeah, you take these little eyeballs and you put them on your hand, and that's just kind of a, a starting point. Uh, and then you go through a process of having, can somebody work on a monitor? So what that really means is the... We look at ourselves in a mirror every day, probably, right? And we're used to what that looks like. Our image moves with us as we move left and right. When you're looking at uh, a monitor image, the image on that screen is not a mirror image. It is kind of like what a friend sees when they are looking at you. So if you're trying to interpret that to yourself, left is now right and right, is now left so everything is backwards and the question oftentimes with people is well why don't you just flip the image you've got all this high-tech gadgetry just flip it around so it's a mirror yes sure we could do it that way but that's not how jim henson did it so that's not how we're doing it and many of us have trained you know years and years and years to do it this way plus if you're on sesame street a lot of times they have the words up on the screen And so if we put it in a mirror image, that word would be backwards and it just just becomes this (laughs) boulder rolling down a hill of uh, insanity. But to be a Muppet performer, here are all the different things that you have to do. As I said, you know, you're an actor, but there's also this technical side. So first of all, you have a puppet on your hand. That puppet is raised above your head, usually, so you can keep your head out of the shot. Uh, And that puppet has a voice. So you're coming up with a voice, if it's a, a one-time character, or if it's Kermit the Frog or whoever, they have a voice, a character voice usually. And you're having to maintain that while do an acting performance while you are watching your performance on a monitor, and interacting with other people that have puppets above their head who are right near you, while you are acting while you are wow. probably posting your script next to the, the monitor, on the monitor, taping it there, so you can read what the next line is or what the next person's line is or what your line is. Generally speaking, Muppet performers do not memorize their lines, generally speaking, because uh, a lot of times on Sesame Street, those scripts change. They change <laughs> the morning of, they change the while we're shooting it. And so uh, to... <laughs> Know things, uh, you know, by heart may hurt you in the long run. Uh, Let's see, what else are you doing while you're trying to be a Muppet performer? You're trying to do all of these things and make it not look like you have your hand up in the air, you're doing a character voice, you're acting, you're reading and acting and watching a monitor and being aware of the people that are around you all at the same time. And there are probably about a dozen other things that I didn't mention, but that's the basic nutshell of what it takes to be a Muppet performer. And it, like I said before, it takes years to really get comfortable with that process. And you start out as an assistant and then you move to be a principal
2: performer. While you're a right hand for seven years, I guess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that time has now kind of shrunk, and certain things have uh, dictated that we need to uh, progress people. Uh, we need to accelerate that process. So on Sesame Street, we have a mentorship program and uh, we find uh, people that are out there in the world. They've either come to us through a friend or through uh, YouTube or however it is, uh, or a <laughs> a submission process, an audition submission. And then we bring them in for a workshop, kind of like what you did, Sean. And we kind of put them through the paces and then we will add um, all kinds of technical stuff on top of it. And then all sorts of uh, acting exercises on top of that. And then the cream kind of rises to the top, and those select few, and there are not a lot of them, become members of a mentorship program that we have on Sesame Street. And those performers are trained by myself and Marty P. Robinson, Martin P. Robinson, and the other Muppet performers on Sesame Street. And so now we're trying to deepen the bench of our Muppet performers for the future. So where, as when I came in, I said there were only just like a few of us (laughs) now on Sesame street, we have, we have 15 Muppet performers. And then we have 11 right now, 11 mentees. Wow.
1: That's actually like a, a considerably small amount. You know what I mean? When you think about all the magic you're doing there.
0: Well, to put that, uh, in perspective for the disney muppets there are uh six of us and then wow. we, we have uh we do have a, a stable of assists and other performers six or seven of us and we have a, a stable of performers that do kind of come along and help us out and do stuff but the numbers are uh, a lot less we all do multiple characters you know even on sesame street we all do multiple characters um and uh you know that's that's kind of the process though of being a muppet performer, where we get our people from, and now like what that process is deepening the bench for the future.
1: Um, okay. And and not to get too into the weeds on like anything I pandemic think we're too related.
0: late. We are too late for that. <laughs> I have already... <laughs> um, <laughs> um,
1: one of the things, and I didn't realize this was you until recently, but one of the videos early on in the pandemic, that kind of saved my little soul was Kermit singing Rainbow Connection. Uh, and I, you know, listening to an interview with you recently, I discovered that's you and your kids. And uh, dude, I'm telling you that particular video, I did share it a number of times because I was like, if there's any hope, Kermit's gonna give it to us. And it's with that <laughs> song. So how did that come about for you? Cause yes. that's
0: such a cool thing, man. Well, first of all, thank you. I'm really proud of that video. That is something that was because of the pandemic. We were all, of course, shut in our homes. That started, uh, in my memory, it started on my son Jack's birthday, the 13th of March. And as the weeks went on, both Sesame Street and the Disney Muppets started to realize that we were going to have to figure out a way to shoot things from home, uh, which we did. Yeah. All of the Muppet performers were on the Sesame side and the Muppet studio side, we gathered lighting equipment or they sent us lighting equipment. And we had iPhones that shot, you know, a certain way. And we had microphones that were sent to us if we didn't already have them. And we had blue screens and green screens that they would send to us as well. I mean, like they really it was really yeah. important to continue, especially on the Sesame Street side. Um, but also for the Muppet Studio. But on the Sesame Street side, they wanted to make sure that there was something that was in the moment that could be put out that would make an impact for the children that, and, and the adults, really, that were out there in that moment struggling through the pandemic and not knowing how to, what to do and how to is, what would we do? And uh, I mean, we directed a special from Sesame Street from everybody was at their home. And we directed directed a special that way, a whole Elmo specials. It was insane. But during the end of March, I got in touch with the Muppet Studio and I asked them. I just had this vision of Kermit the Frog singing Rainbow Connection in a very simple way, just with a banjo at home in the swamp. And they, we figured out how to make it work. We, I got permission to do it. Uh, I had a friend of mine named Lucas Ross, who is, uh, he lives, actually, he's a Midwestern fella as well. He lives in Oklahoma. He is uh, a local news personality, and uh, he uh, he plays banjo. And he has now, from that moment on, has, in my mind, he is Kermit's banjo. So he played the banjo on this song and uh, I shot it out at this uh, local (laughs) area, that looked kind of like a a swamp. Um, There was nobody else around. I had my oldest son, Jack, and my second oldest, Hunter, helping uh, by plucking the banjo and playing the banjo because Kermit can't, I can't do that while I'm singing. I have to kind of focus on just the, the lip sync part. And then there are two other you know, there's two other parts to it: the 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 uh, the neck of the banjo, and then the strings of the banjo, the plucking. So one kid did the plucking, and another kid did the strings on the on the neck. And uh, we shot it, and it's one take, um, from beginning to end, and put it out there. And and I really, I was, i still super proud of that. I'm really thankful to the Muppet Studio for being able to to allow us to do that. Uh, in a time where i think that people just needed to see something light and happy and hopeful yeah yeah
1: it wow. was very moving at the time it still is i recently rewatched it and uh it's it's pretty fantastic so thank you for doing well, that thanks
2: thank you. well and kind of a great way to segue into this idea that you know y- you now carry the mantle of kermit and you know you had a little experience shouldering a mantle of Big Bird, you know, just an iconic figure that everyone loves. But so what? What was it like to learn about taking on this beloved character that you knew from your childhood? And and what was that whole? Yeah. What was yeah. that whole? Yeah. What are the feels that go along with that?
0: Yeah. Well, first and in- foremost i'm a huge fan of kermit the frog of jim henson like i said before and uh i never ever had any i I never ever have i had the thought in my head that i would be big bird or the count or kermit the frog or any of the things that i am so grateful that i get to do I, i was already in the muppet studio group of performers from 2008 Jerry Nelson, who's the original performer of The Count on Sesame Street, uh, he was slowing down in what he wanted to perform and do, and he played a character most prominently. He was uh, Floyd Pepper from the Electric Mayhem Band. He plays the bass in the Electric Mayhem Band. And he uh, was uh, Kermit's nephew, Robin. And the Muppet Studio wanted to have those characters available to them, but Jerry just was not in a place where he wanted to continue doing them. And so uh, he kind of, because I was his assist on Sesame Street and I kind of, I would hold the puppet up, I would hold the count up while he was off camera and delivering the lines live as the count, which is hard to do. to cap, I, I call it catching the lines and like lip syncing to the lines live during a scene. And I, because I, I had him in my ears and I could hear him breathing and I just, I knew his rhythms and I could do that. So he- grandfathered these characters i guess you could say he kind of like bestowed he passed these characters along to me in particular floyd and robin and over time i then acquired the other characters that jerry played lou zealand he throws throws the boomerang fish and they come back to him crazy harry yeah blow, yeah <laughs> crazy harry who likes to blow things up uh dr julius strange pork who is one of the pigs in sp- pigs in space the uh the the science officer <laughs> and a bunch of other characters, Uncle Deadly and a and, and few others. And so I knew all of the Muppet performers. I knew, uh, I knew um, all of them and was, had many years of working with them from before that time and then also from 2008 on when I was kind of a real member of that troupe. And then to one day go from being the guy that plays these goofy, nearly, almost one-dimensional characters, really, <laughs> except for maybe Uncle Deadly. But they're really kind of one-note one, one characters that, you know, you've got to work at finding a deeper level to them. To go from that to playing uh, Kermit the Frog is absolutely daunting. Uh, it it um, did not land in my lap. Uh, It was not grandfathered to me like uh, other characters were with Jerry. Uh, There was a process, an audition process, that I was not the only one involved in. Uh, It was like a three-month audition process. It took a long time. And when that call finally did come, that I was uh, being named Kermit the Frog, that was... um, I mean, I, I was shocked and, and and very happy, unbelievably happy. And uh, my first public appearance uh, with me as Kermit the Frog, um, my first real official thing, other than some videos that we did, I think, um, early on, was the Muppets Take the Bowl, which was a live show at the Hollywood Bowl in front of 18,000 people uh, for a weekend. No holiday. pressure. Wow, Again, no pressure. You specialize in that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that was a big, uh, you know, it was trial by fire kind of thing. And, um, you know, and and I've had these amazing opportunities, not only being just a Muppet performer, but being the Muppet performer who plays Kermit the Frog along along the way and through the years. It's been now six years yeah. that I've been playing Kermit the Frog. So I've had a lot of really great experiences uh, in my time um, with
2: the muppet studio at disney. And and speaking of which, I know you've got a few like muppet D- disney muppet connection stories for our disney listeners. Yeah, yeah, um yeah. but but clearly Tristan and I and anyone who listens to this show knows that we are true haunted mansion mm. fans and when muppets haunted mansion came out, I think we were both thrilled, right Tristan? I mean
1: Oh yeah, I I honestly, it's become a it's going to become a tradition now that like yeah. every holiday it's like Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas is like an, an annual thing for me. Yeah, Muppets Haunted Mansion now will be an annual thing for me as well. Um, right. It's so good, I absolutely love it.
2: So, Thank what you. was Thank it? You.
0: What was it like working on that project? And that was an unusual project in that like ninety ninety percent of it is done. In a virtual in a virtual world uh, and and I, I'm actually not really that involved in it I think Kermit and my characters are kind of in the beginning and then they're in the big uh, they're in the big ballroom scene where there's a big dance number and uh, with life hereafter I think is the song that we sing and then again in the end it's is really a, a, a gonzo Pepe focused story. And from that, starting with that specials, the Muppet Studio has made a point. And it's very important to the Muppet Studio that any projects that come out of the Muppet Studio and are created for you know, Disney or you know, Disney Plus or whatever we create, that there is a Muppet performer involved. And this has never, it's not really happened in the past. We've not really had that opportunity to speak from the perspective of the knowledge that we bring to you know the Muppets and the characters and to the stories that these characters can tell. So Bill Beretta, who plays Pepe, the King Prawn, and he also plays Rolf the dog, and he plays the Swedish chef, and he plays Bobo the bear. He was the one that was kind of in uh, the pipeline for this, for Muppets Haunted Mansion, and Because of that, the story and the characters are very authentic to the Muppets. But the other side of it is uh, the other writers on the show knew the Haunted Mansion like back and forth. And then we had advisors because we had them right there at our fingertips because the Muppet Studio is part of Disney. And we were able to craft a story that really gave, uh, I mean, I think it makes... Fans of Haunted Mansion, which I am also one. I love Haunted Mansion. And to see how our, how the Haunted Mansion is viewed through the Muppet lens, uh, I just, I loved it. I, I wish they would, I mean, I kind of wish, there's part of me that wishes they would do like a, a Muppet overlay for um, Haunted Mansion. I think that'd be kind of fun. Oh my would, gosh. I know they do Nightmare, yes. Nightmare Before Christmas, but I think it'd be kind of fun to have a, a Muppets Haunted Mansion version, you know. I mean, and everything like the the wallpaper, the the purple, the fan, the amazing wallpaper. That's Muppified. I think it's got like Uncle Deadly, and it's got a few other characters in the wallpaper, which is really cool. And um, what else about that? Uh, it was fun though, but but also very difficult because it was shot all either on blue screen or with this kind of AR wall, which uh, it basically is a computer-generated live background where the screens above and to the side project lighting on us. So we don't need to use as much real uh, practical lighting as I understand it. And so for those bits, we could see where we were inside the haunted mansion and they had a 3d model of it in the computer that they could like move around and show us where the shot was. And we would live oh, cool. for that shot. Yeah. It was super cool. And then, and I don't even know which of it now is blue screen and which of it is the The wall or maybe it's all blue. i don't know i don't know how much we ended up using it in the end but i'm very happy with that project and because of that and the success of that i think that that is the way that we'll do things now from now on with the muppet studio is that a muppet performer will always be involved uh, which is kind of what happened with the muppets mayhem is that you know bill again was was uh, involved in that production and making sure that that uh, is authentic to the characters always trying to make sure that because there've been times in the past where frankly, it just, it, it wasn't, they weren't Their Characters kind of feel a little forced into those moments, but, but I really do find that at Disney, we get such great opportunities to do things with these characters and it's really wonderful. I mean, we've done really amazing things that are, that are probably a little less seen by everybody, but that I remember. And I was thinking about this earlier. A few of those things. So a few years ago, years ago. several years ago now, we did an a commercial, a series of commercials for get a day, give a day. Do you remember that campaign? It was a Disney campaign where if you did some volunteering Oh right. Yeah. You if you volunteered you yeah. Yeah, and you'd get a day at the parks. And and I it like it sold out or whatever happened, people signed up and the list was closed like that. We did these commercials and to do the commercials, we got to we were at Disneyland. We were at um we were at Disneyland and uh one of the differences between traditional uh Disney characters and you know the Mickey Mouse you might see him walking down Main Street or Kermit the Frog is that the Muppet Studio does not mind that you see a person operating that puppet uh, but we were still kind of in the middle of this weird transitional time where anytime time we had a puppet on, they would try to cover us up and not seed them up a performer. The, the audience that was there. And we kept saying, like, look, it doesn't it doesn't matter. This is it doesn't matter because um, you would never see Mickey Mouse, you know, take his uh, <clears throat> head off. Um, yes. Never see that. Uh, And so they were trying to protect us in that same way, but it's, the rules are just slightly different with the Muppets. But I remember being there, uh, riding the fire truck uh, as Sweetums, because I play Sweetums now, and riding that, and then there were Muppets behind me in the back, and just like on a normal day at Disneyland. Just riding down Main Street. (laughs) It was crazy. And uh, (laughs) now this is really cool. There was a scene in Pirates of the Caribbean. And we got to, this was now at like three in the morning, two in the morning. We stayed after hours at the park and shot some things. Um, including, uh, this moment at Pirates of the Caribbean, we had to go down, we had to be taken through the back way to go to get into our boat and they had the lights on. So we got to kind of see what it was like with the lights on, um, in the haunted mansion. And then they turned them off when we got into our boats and we shot, you know, stationary in front of the big, um, the big mound of gold. And there's like a, a treasure, uh, uh treasure chest there and we put like rats on the you know piles of gold and stuff and that was really cool to get to see kind of the inner workings or just to sit in that moment in that scene for an hour or whatever however long we were there it was really cool and to be able to be and i've done this a couple of times now where we've shot things in the parks whether it's in la or whether it's in orlando after hours and gotten to see you know, behind the scenes, backstage, and go out into the world, into Pandora, when there's nobody there. And it's just, it's, uh it's wild. It's really a special time. And I really am, am so, I'm a huge Disney fan. I love to go to Disney. And I, any chance I get when my family comes to visit me, if I'm in LA, we go to Disneyland, you know, if we're, if we have the opportunity, we've gotten to go to destination D 23, you know, we've been there and I brought my family to that. And just to be able to be in this world of Disney, as much as I can, we've gotten to go on a Disney cruise because they asked me to come on the Disney cruise and do a presentation. You know, it's just, I've just been so grateful and uh, just really grateful for these opportunities.
2: Well, we will give you our individual Lightning Lane Disney, like inside the Actors Studio ah. questions at the very end. That we ah, like to okay. do With all okay. of our guests, very but good. um, um, I guess because I've got so many. Oh, actually, when you mentioned Sweetums, yeah, I go, and I'm sure, I'm sure you probably can't <laughs> tell us anything, even if it were something. But is there? I love Muppet vision 3d Mm. in Florida. Yeah. It's, it's such a great, I still stand there and laugh at the stuff that scrolls on the monitors that, that is so funny that you just have to sit there and read. And you know, that connection to the fact that it was one of Jim's last projects and we still have that to share, but I kind of wish they would, you know, do a new something. I mean, yeah. everybody loved. I think those the Muppet History thing that happened over in the Magic Kingdom before yes. the pandemic. Yeah. It just a, a more of a Muppet feel in the parks sometimes. Yeah. It Is there
0: there was a more of a presence? And I and I know last Christmas, this was at Disneyland. I think it was a ticketed event. Uh But there was a Christmas. Well, maybe it was two. Yeah, maybe it was two ago. Two Christmases ago, they did a Christmas carol coach and it was muppets in the double decker bus that goes around main street but it was after and there was like i don't know if it was a parade or what exactly it was because we weren't there we just kind of recorded our voices and it was part of the show and then there were other uh disney cast members that would perform the puppets that have been trained to perform these characters uh and that was something that was really cool um, I mean, other than down in um, Epcot, you have the uh, you have Sam's Smokehouse, which is is pretty good. It's nice. You have Pizza uh, <laughs> Rizzo, which is Pizza nice. Rizzo. But I, you know what? I agree with you, Sean. I love the Muppet 3D movie, and I did see it recently. We were there, and I saw it with a pretty full house, and it killed. Like it, all the jokes hit. Everybody loved all of the jokes. And it really made me so happy to see to see these people enjoying these characters. And I agree. I wish that they were there was more of a presence. And I think we're working on
2: that. I think we would
0: like to see more of that. It's
2: just, you know. Time well, to- I even, I even the Disney travel agent that I am, and they've just announced this new ticketed event in Florida at the studios, where I, I, I do think there was something in there where they talked about, Kermit and Piggy hosting something down around Muppet vision uh, as part of, as part of the Jollywood ticketed event this Christmas. So hopefully we'll see more of that happen. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I know you've talked about your kids and, and especially how the boys helped with that video. Are, Are, are any of your, are any of your kids, interested in the biz or are you encouraging them or discouraging them or <laughs> I, i'm not discouraging
0: any of them uh for a while my oldest jack was uh wanted to be a puppeteer and he had uh he had a pretty nice puppet that we got him from a friend of ours and you know he was really good like he his he just had a really he had a knack for it i thought um but he has since Uh, gone to film school and uh, decided not to do that he's I think he's more of a writer um he's he's a great performer he was on my podcast below the frame he would kind of come in as my son Jack and he would be really sarcastic and just very dry and really hilarious and uh people loved Jack when he would come into the show and kind of give his two cents about whatever it was we were talking about and so he, he has a really great sense of humor. He's a really funny kid, but he does not see himself as an actor, um, which is fine. My son Hunter is not really in that, into that. He's uh, going to college to be a business major, but he also is very talented. Uh, he does editing on his own. He does video editing, which he he's loves a lot. My daughter Lila, she's, she for a while was going to be an actor, but then she uh, has ended up going to college to be a, psycho- a psychologist. Uh, or if she's studying psychology, and then we've got Keaton, who just loves video games and he's fifteen. So there you go. And yeah. then Flynn, who's ten and he is really into baseball, super into baseball. <laughs> they all have a little bit of a theatrical flair to them, but um,
2: and they can definitely be dramatic. but well, <laughs> they they do have you and Kelly as parents, and that's right that's right. You went to a conservatory for pizza. That's so. right.
1: yeah. Um, um, you mentioned your podcast. Um, sorry, Sean, I didn't mean to cut you off. What is your no, no,
2: no, talk about the um, podcast.
1: I do because I did notice because I've been kind of going back and listening to a few. I listened to the Tartaglia one. Mm. And um I'm kind of curious if you're gonna bring that back because I did notice that it kind of like stopped last spring and then didn't yeah. pick up again. But it's fascinating. You have some really great interviews on there.
0: Well, thank you. Thanks. Uh, it was something that I decided to do during the pandemic. Because I was like, I miss my friends. How can I connect with them? And then and then I thought, oh, maybe I'll do, uh, maybe I'll bring back. We had done for a while at Sesame Street for about three or four seasons. Maybe it was three seasons, I think. Some Facebook live shows <clears throat> called Below the Frame. And it would be during our lunch at Sesame Street, we would do a live you know instead of eating our lunch we would we would take a half an hour to eat our lunch and then the second half hour was below the frame and we would do uh we would go into the Muppet lounge, which is where the Muppet performers kind of sit and lounge before or during the day when they're not on set and we would do this little we would do a podcast and it was or a, a vodcast a live video cast and and some of that I thought well maybe it would work if we talked about what Muppet performers do in a podcast form, and my friend Stephanie DeBruzzo was like, "I don't know if that's gonna work <laughs> because you know it's such a visual medium that you're talking about." So then yeah. I decided I'm, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna make them talk about themselves, and I'm gonna make I'm gonna hear their stories. We'll just we'll just take one performer, and we will hear their story, and then we'll throw some goofy commercials in it about like arm rods or uh, monitors <laughs> or. Uh, <laughs> Things that double stick tape, things that people need when you're a Muppet performer. and the the other part of it was that I, after Jerry Nelson, who was very dear to me, a mentor of mine, after he passed away, his wife Jan had given me a digital folder of just a bunch of things that stories that Jerry had written of when he was young and as he was growing up and when he met Jim Henson and all these little stories. And I was like, Oh man, I wish we had Jerry to read those, but we didn't. So in lieu of that, I asked Muppet performers that knew Jerry to give a little memory about Jerry and then to read one of Jerry's stories. And that became like one of the big moments in the show as well. And I realized as I was doing this, that, what this, what we were creating unintentionally, uh, was this oral history of these Muppet performers, or if you know Jim Lewis, the writer, the writer of the Muppets, or you know Kirk Thatcher, one of the directors and writers, and and it became this. It's almost to me now, without seeming pretentious, it is like a, it's a historical document really of these performers. And I did 36 of them and I would love to bring them back. Um, the problem is I'm just so busy now. And we, you know, once we stop that and, you know, I, cause I do, I, I know you guys don't edit. I, <laughs> Saves I a lot of time. You should recommend Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. And maybe if I, if I had the courage to do that, I'm just, I, I uh, am a, a perfectionist and, I, um, you know, I, I would just go in and I would edit usually myself just to make sure that I didn't sound like a buffoon and then, uh, you know, I would edit it. And then I had, to put those, I had to put those commercials together and I had to put, you know, like, it was just a lot, it's a lot of work and it was very difficult to do it. And it has been very difficult to do impossible. In fact, since the end of the, like, as I was nearing the end of the second season, because it just, I was working so much and doing both Sesame and Muppet stuff and then my own stuff, whatever I, that might be. And it's just been impossible to do since then. So maybe one day I'll be able to figure out, like another. it would be like another um, iteration of it in some way. It might be a podcast and maybe it would be, but it maybe the subject or somehow it would be slightly different. Like maybe it's a round table of several Muppet performers mm-hmm. that are talking about something. You know, I don't know, but I don't know yet. But thank you, Tristan. I appreciate you bringing it up. And and I'm really proud of that. Um, I'm proud of and thankful to all my fellow Muppet performers, my friends and buddies who came on and talked about their lives. Because uh, each of the stories are very different.
2: That's so cool.
1: Yeah. And- for those that haven't listened to it, you should look it up. It's called Beyond the Frame. the
2: Frame. Below.
1: Below the Frame. Below. Below.
0: Beyond the Frame is what? a whole other podcast. <laughs> I
1: that is. That's a very it's, different one, Matt. But yeah, yeah Below the so Frame. It's so trippy. Is, uh, it's super fun, man. Um, it's great. So I, I highly recommend if you're like into the Muppets and stuff, go check it out because there's some really cool interviews on there. Yeah. So.
2: I've got kind of a couple of philosophical, slightly deeper questions to pose here towards the end. But I mean, uh, Tristan, is there have you got still some stuff you want to ask Matt? Or
1: no, I think we're kind of nearing the well, end of our time here.
2: So I guess I guess my first my first one involves, you know, Tristan and I talk constantly about the Disney verse and how, you know, how Walt Disney has affected that company to its very core, you know, decades after he passed, and I go, how do you feel Jim has influenced the company that you work for, and and how is his spirit still pervading the atmosphere there?
0: Well, that's a really, uh, I love this question, and the answer, in my mind, is this, Jim, and this is not just me making this up. This is kind of my observation. This is some things that I've heard from Dave Goles, who plays Gonzo. He's the last uh, original Muppet performer that's still out there working with the Muppets, the Disney Muppets. He said, you know, Jim collected these people along the way, these interesting, unique individuals who believed in Jim's visions and would do you know, whatever he wanted them to do in order to get this project, whatever Jim felt was the, the thing to do. And when Jim died, I think for a while, the the, um, the company at the time was the Jim Henson Company, was, didn't know what to do and how to move on. But they decided that the right thing to do would be to carry on in Jim's absence, which they did. And they did a a wonderful job that's one side of it and they continue to do so today whether it's you know dave and his commitment to working with the muppets whether it is folks at the jim henson company workshop who worked with jim and for jim and continue to be there in his absence um and there are this is something kind of that dave has said jim was so He made such a profound impact on not only the people that he worked with, but on the world. And not only the world, but to these individuals who felt driven somehow to carry on in his absence. And he was referring to the current group of Muppet performers, myself, Bill Beretta, Eric Jacobson, Peter Linz. And, and 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 all, I mean, I could keep naming people, but I'm going to keep it just to, to that. Um, all of us are our, our goal is to carry on and continue in his continue his legacy, while also carrying on the legacy of Jerry Nelson and Richard Hunt and uh, Carol Spinney and all the other Muppet performers who have left before us. And I think that the current group of Muppet performers, because we were so impacted and inspired by Jim, are uh, so focused on carrying on his vision that uh, I'm excited about what the future brings for the Muppets and for Sesame Street as well. And um, yeah, I I wish, I sure wish Jim were still here. but in his absence, I hope that we are making him proud.
2: I I can't imagine that, that was- you're not. I mean, you do amazing work and and this has been great. I have one more one more question before we get mm-hmm. to your more lighthearted individual lightning answers to Disney questions. Um and I guess that because when I first had emailed you about uh, being a guest on this show. You were actually in the process of visiting our alma mater yes. and delivering a commencement address to become Doctor. Vogel. <laughs> That's right. And I'm just curious, you know what what was your basic message to to that to that group of graduating seniors? And you know, I'm just I'm just curious what yeah, What
0: I, was I, that, yeah, I had two basic messages, and the first one, speaking from experience was to not give up on your dreams. I had momentarily given up on my dreams of being you know of, of of doing something with puppets. I didn't know what, and it didn't matter that there was somebody there to discourage me, or it didn't matter that there was a talent show where I was booed, or it didn't matter that the Jim Henson company sent a rejection letter to me i kept following my dreams and and i encouraged that class to do that as well and the second and it's linked to that i think is to try it was mostly about in that moment there but i think it carries through to real life as well It was in that moment where all of this insanity is happening, like at the end of the year and you're saying goodbye to people and you're moving on to a job or moving on to not a job or who knows what you're going to be doing. To take a moment and to just try to live in the present moment and appreciate that moment right there, sitting in that theater right before they're going to hand you your diploma and to realize and appreciate and to continue to show up for yourself to continue to be there in the present and show up for yourself so those were that was kind of my message but longer yeah (laughs) i figured (laughs) um (laughs) would have been so much faster if i just said those two things and been done with it but they would have gotten out of there i know yeah gotten to denny's
2: faster would be great um (laughs) all right tristan do you have a copy of our lightning questions
1: i sure i sure do I have it you want to kick of off so, or you want me You kick <laughs> off I'll, I'll go ahead and kick it off yeah, So what we do here Matt is we kind yeah. of just ask Some simple questions and you can answer You know as simple as, as, as you want here. So right. first question we always ask Is if you've been to Disney World A few times which I know you have Have you tried the Sleepy Hollow Corn Dog
2: No He's obsessed okay. I'm sorry. Where, where right. is it
0: where do I find it
1: so there's the Sleepy Hollow uh, refreshment stand that's like right, um, it's right near the castle. You have a really good view. It's right mm-hmm. off of, uh, it's right Just there as you, next
2: to yeah. cross the bridge to Liberty Square from the hub, yeah. it's right there on your right.
1: Oh my God. Um, no,
2: I didn't but know that. You should go,
1: I, I highly recommend it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to write it Sleepy down. Hollow,
2: Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow dog, dog. dog.
1: That's right. All right next time you're there. In,
0: this is in Disney World disney world
1: So next time you're in florida you should check it out okay all right all right now the
2: non-commercial promotional part (laughs) of the quiz starts okay the inside the actor's studio for disney yes uh we start with who's your favorite character
0: oh geez my favorite a Disney character, I'm thinking, right? And I mean,
2: we're not. I mean, topics, f- right? we could, we could, ex- it is the Disney, you, it's the yeah. Disney verse, although that seems like choosing one of your favorite children. Well, I know it is. Well, I'm going to just say because
0: it came to my mind first, and it's boring, I'm sure, but the answer is Mickey Mouse. I love, I just love, I love Mickey. I love the, I love the, uh, I, uh, I just love his energy and his positive. Attitude. I, I love it. I love Mickey. He's He's joie de vivre. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Joie He's de Vivre. Remember. Well, yeah. and honestly, Tristan and I have the same answer. So yeah, oh, okay. absolutely. Right, good. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah.
1: how can you not I, love so, Mickey? I know, right? That's what I'm yeah. saying. I dead had inside.
2: Mickey,
1: yeah. Dead inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. happens. It happens. Yeah, I'm sure. All right. Next up, what's your favorite attraction at a Disney park?
0: So. This is a, a tough one because right now I love, uh, I love, <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember the name of it, but I'm going to we'll help on, you I'm up with it. it was, it's uh, Rise of the Resistance. I love Rise of the Resistance. I feel like that is such an innovative and immersive experience and all the disney rides are, are are immersive in a way that is just unmatched by anyone but for some reason right now i'm feeling that rise of the resistance is like that's like a perfect ride you get every there is so many parts of it there's so much it's so detailed i love every single second of it but I am a huge fan and this it this still fits and you'll see why. I'm a fan of the dark rides. I'm a fan of uh, I'm a fan of Haunted Mansion. I love Pirates of the Caribbean. I I'm just a huge fan of those classic rides. I love them. I love the animatronics. I think that's what it is. I'm a huge fan of like Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. You know I
2: love going in there <laughs> down, don't don't the get Tristan started on the carousel of progress. <laughs> I love the carousel of progress. I love it. Tristan, Thank do you, you Matt. Do you love <laughs> Thank it. You Am I Oh, uh, I love Sean, it so you much. You don't Matt. like it? I I do like it. it. I appreciate its place in history and it certainly gives me something to tease Tristan about. Yes. I mean, there is a weird leap from like (laughs) 1960s to 2000. It's a weird leap and I don't know how they've lived that long, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, The next question, which I think is probably fairly easy for you, Mickey or Donald? Oh, Mickey. Easy. Yes.
0: Great. Donald's hilarious. Yeah. No, uh, and and uh, you know, <laughs> but that's fine. But I'm I'm a Mickey guy. All right. Yeah, absolutely. What's your uh, favorite animated film? Mm. My that's my tough. Name. That's no, tough. One. That is super tough because there were so many to choose from, and I'm but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Mary Poppins because there is animation in it, and as it's a, a good kid, answer, I was fascinated. by like they ride the carousel uh, like off of out out. they i don't know it's just it's i love that interaction between the reality and then the animation so for me if that's okay to answer i'm gonna answer mary poppins because that's the first thing again that came to my mind and because of i know why because i know i like the magic of it i like julie andrews how could you not love her and i love the interaction of the animation in it that's an awesome awesome. like Uh, dancing with penguins is great his pants he pulls his pants down and then they stay down like right it's great he's penguin pants i love anyway
2: (laughs) all right you have you have worked on both coasts for disney are you a disneyland or a disney world yeah i've thought about this before they're both so unique
0: really i mean even though there are parts of them that are like disneyland to me without uh, this is not meant to be disrespectful is very quaint it just feels smaller and the first park that i went to if i'm i probably am wrong but the first park i went to was 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 disney world and so that just has a place, or, or at least my first memory of going to one of the Disney parks was going to Disney sure. And so that holds a special place to me. I love that you can go to all these different parks after day after day, after day, after day in, in Orlando. Um, if I had to choose between the two, I'm, I've probably now been to Disneyland more, Disneyland slash California Adventure, but I'm gonna go with Disney World.
1: Good job. What's your favorite, park? that's a good, no, that's a good answer. What's your favorite park snack?
0: <laughs> um, I love ice cream. And the only reason I'm going to say this is because this reminds me when I took my kids when they were a, much younger and my brother was along with us and uh, he went up to order and it's, it's, so it's a, it's one of the little, it's like the ice cream stand, you know, it's not the ice cream, like the ED's or whatever it is. That's in the, in the corner ice cream, which I do love, but in the little uh, portable uh, kiosk thing, there's, you know, there's the Mickey head and then there's, you know, ice cream bar. My brother said this and I just love the way he said it. He goes, I will take one Mickey's premium ice cream bar. And so for that reason, <laughs> and that reason alone, I will say the Mickey's uh, premium
2: ice cream. Premium <laughs> ice cream bar.
0: Yes, I oh, think that's what yes. it said on the menu, but you know, who orders it like that? No one but my brother.
2: <laughs> All right. Who do you consider the best Disney villain? Mm.
0: These are hard because again, there's such a huge amount There's so many to choose from. But I tend to want to move toward the old school type villains. Although I'm going to go with, again, the very first one that came to my mind because two of them came in there. But I'm going to say Jafar.
2: Ooh. Nice. Good one. Yeah.
0: This is a good one. uh, Just, I love the (laughs) performance. I love the voice performance. It's great and it just is a fun, uh, yeah, let's go with your phone. All right,
1: right. what about your favorite
0: song? Mm. When You Wish Upon a Star. Ooh, good one.
2: Very nice. Yes, Matt. Uh, And you've clearly been to Epcot when drinking around the world left or right. Oh, well, is that looking at it? That's entering. entering from what was future world facing the american adventure oh, your choices would be mexico or canada okay
0: uh i always go mexico that way to and end up in uh, canada sure cuz I, you know, I, I love that restaurant me, that's in the in the one that's inside that looks like it's uh outside at night yes. inside the
2: i love that place oh yes and the it's margaritas the way, are yes. way too good to save them for the last <laughs> that's right that's right that is correct. <laughs> so, All right, and Tristan, so will three
0: bring us words. home.
1: Yes, that's right. So, three words you think of when you hear the word Disney.
0: <laughs> well, happy. I think of uh, I think of Muppets. And I, uh, oh, it just slipped my mind. Uh, ha- what a uh, happy? happy,
2: happy Muppets.
0: I can't think of the word. Um, smile. I don't know why, but smile. It just it makes me happy to think of. You know, it, it makes me happy I thinking love that. of Disney and thinking of the Muppets being a part of that world, yeah. and uh, and all of that makes me smile. There we go. I love it. Well, well Matt, having you
2: having you here today has made us smile. Ah, thank it you has so much.
0: Indeed. My pleasure. Thanks. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Matt, this has
0: been
1: such a cool, uh, and you such an inspiring conversation too. Like you had some beautiful words of wisdom. So that was amazing.
0: Um, if you can parse them out through all the other, uh,
1: No, no, no! It was great. Thank you so much again, dude. I really appreciate it. And um, you know, if you're not already listening to of Mice and Main Street Men or listening, you're obviously listening. See, this is where we don't edit, Matt. Uh, yeah, but yeah, if it you're works. Not, it totally works. <laughs> but if you're not following us, you should follow us. Look up of Mice and Main Street Men on Instagram and Facebook. We'd love to interact with you on there. And um, you know, this has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. So, Matt, thank you again, sir. My
0: pleasure, Tristan. Thank you. Thank you, Sean.
2: Thank you.
1: It's always a pleasure to talk
0: with you, my friend. And uh, we will see you
1: real Real soon.
2: soon.
1: I only hope that we never lose sight
2: of
0: one.